Good morning, brethren. These nourishing words of faith. <laughs> now, this is um, something that um, that we all need. We all require. There's not anyone that's going to grow in the faith unless faith nourishes them. See, this is just a way. That's a manner of faith. There's an environment wherein faith can grow rapidly. Yeah. See, and, and so those environments, as you find an environment like that, of course, you want to be there, right? You, you, you want to frequent areas, environments where faith it can be can be grown, can, be, get, can get fuller. See, actually, it's the same faith you had at the beginning. But see, it's more complete now. Right. See, you, you have a portion. You come in, he gives you faith. But it's like, it's like a mustard seed. It's little. But see, as you as you dwell in the environment of faith that faith supplies, then you will it'll grow up and you'll be able to hold fast the form of sound words. See, there are words that are weightier than other words where any word that builds your faith is a weighty word, a sound word, which sounds hurt me in faith. That's the only way, only place that sound words are even relevant. It's in faith and love, which is in Christ. Now, there's the environment. That's, right. That's the environment right there, in Christ. So any environment that asks you or requires of you to be out of Christ is out of line. Right. It's unacceptable and needs to be shunned right. with all diligence. That's right. Whatever it is, it well, well, whatever isn't all that bad. If it pulls you away from Christ, get out of there. Amen. There is a form or particular design that God has implanted in every word. See, God doesn't just speak irrationally. God, every word he says is tried. See, it's going to produce something, in other words. So as you give yourself to sound words, it will produce in you what God once produced in you. See, it isn't like we have to say, well, that sounds pretty simple. We'll see, walking by faith, if you can just look at it on the bottom line, it's all of God. See, that's why it supplies God's, God's desire. But see, our, from our standpoint, we have to give all diligence. Amen. Because, see, for us, we have another nature in us that pulls us away from this. Yeah. Doesn't submit to God's words. This is what he says. This is God's word now. His word, it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. Now, that's a, a reference to Isaiah 55, 11. Every word God gives, yeah. it given for a purpose, and it will bring that purpose to pass. Yeah. Now, some words weren't, you know, how'd God feel about Pharaoh? The, not, not, how about Judas, you know, or how about Esau? See, God's purpose was fulfilled in them. You, when, you, when you see it high enough, all of God's will is done. We want to be those who, who can be instructed by faith. 
built up in the faith so that we'll be pleasing to God. See, God, it really has a desire for you to be pleasing to him. If you're in his son, he put you there and he put you there for one reason. So that Christ would build you up, get you ready so Christ could present you to God. Faith. Well, see, it's the substance. You can't live without the substance. We all know that. It's the evidence. I mean, if you just can't. Faith will not grow independent from from these environments. God has provided a comforter. Now, this is this is critical to faith growing. Amen. See, before we know what the apostles were like before the comforter came. And then we know what they were like after. See, <clears throat> the comforter it's called the Holy Spirit of promise, one that will dwell and abide in the believer in order in order that they might understand. So if I don't understand something, really, it's probably because I haven't submitted all right, not fully, see? And there's some things that you grow in your understanding. You may have an understanding, small one, but as you abide, as you stick with it, as you don't let it go, he'll give you an increase. And, and you look back and you'll think, well, like, you know, I can remember when I didn't understand it as clearly as I, he'll give you a fuller understanding. <clears throat> the comforter. See, that God's given us a word, and it cannot be accomplished without the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, that's talking about the Holy Spirit. You can't be strong in the Lord and in the power. See, the Holy Spirit, it's, it's, a, it's a power. It'll enable you to be, make right decisions. See, he's a comforter. He, he directs our path. Now, technically, it's Jesus working through the Holy Spirit. But see, the Holy Spirit is, is the agent that God's given inside of us right. that does, <laughs> does things on God's behalf. Faith is never alone. Now, you think about it. What would faith be like if it was? Well, it wouldn't bring you substance. It wouldn't bring you evidence. It would just be an empty thing like most words in this world. I mean, they're words. They mean something, but they don't have power. Faith connects you with a God that can do anything. Amen. It's powerful. Faith requires a word from God. Now, when God gives a word, if you believe it, your faith, your faith will take a hold of that. And see, it won't let it go. Faith won't let it go. Faith will, will move on the word of God. That word that God gives brings a lot of helpers along with it. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. The word... Paul was given some words, and as he believed them, as he imbibed them, as he lived by them, as he spoke them, a lot happened. A lot happened because of these words. See, the helpers or the supporters, see, the comforters, the Holy Spirit's called the comforter. He supports the words of God. He brings them to bear on the situation, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. If you just take time, pause, say, what is God's will in this? The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He'll give you. No, I don't think I've ever heard the Holy Spirit with these naturals, but I hear heard him with my spiritual ears. I've heard him say no, and I've heard him say yes. Amen. So how are you going to be guided? Faith, it's never alone. Faith produces, it produces 
It's, it's, it, it, faith is just not the, the link. It's more than that. Faith is the substance. See, it's one thing to say, well, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a wire connects it from here to the light to the switch. Well, that's... It is that, but it's much more than that. Faith is the substance. It's the evidence. So if you have faith, what happens? You believe that God is and that he's a rewarder. of. Now, how did that happen? Faith came. He gives faith so that we can live by faith. God's given us a wealth of scriptures that present and holds forth these nourishing, profitable, comforting, and enduring words of faith. See, there are words of faith, and there are evil words, words that will cast down a person. But see, there's words of faith. Faith builds it up, builds it up, nourished up in the words of faith, and, and, see how it's not alone, the words of faith and good doctrine. Now, faith is, is great. Now, big faith movement, but they just don't know anything about Jesus. That's not going anywhere. I, 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 I'm, I'm in this, this service, and we're just shouting aloud, and we're jumping up and down, but the problem is, is nobody's teaching anything. What happens? Faith becomes deficient. Faith's got to be built up with sound words. And God's given us all the words. We don't have to make them up. We don't have to make up words. We just rehearse the things that the Holy Spirit teaches us. And, and as we do it, what happens? Faith. If, if you had a weak faith, it can be ignited again. Built up. To begin with, there's no replacement for good and sound doctrine. There's no replacement for it. You've got to have. It's called the Apostles Doctrine. See, we got the prophets. He gave us the old, the old Testament. We talked about the old covenant and, and, and prophesied and showed a lot of signs and what, what was going to come. Then we got the new. Now the new is better than the old. All right. I mean, it's one thing. You know, we of course we we love the old. It, it actually we wouldn't understand a lot of things about the new without the old. But the new is better. The new brought us into a relationship, yea, rather, a living existence with God now. The old promise that was going to come, the new made it happen. We're alive in Christ by faith, through grace, right? Or by grace, through faith. They're both true. See, we got to be nourished up because we're not in the homeland yet. Faith brings us a view of the homeland. Faith shows us what's going to happen. It's going to happen. What God's promised is going to happen. Faith illuminates our heart to it that it's real. It's real. Mm -hmm. And now because you believe it's real, you'll cast off the works of darkness and you'll put on the armor of light. What happened? Faith worked. But you wouldn't have even known to do that had not someone spoke on it. Someone spoke on it, and now you're nourished up as you rehearse those words in your mind. Faith is activated. God has his own training program. You know, a lot of institutions have training programs. I'm not against training programs. But there is a superior training program. We want to be able to categorize, categorize them correctly. 
there's a there's a training programs of men, but see they're temporal. They they can't reach into the eternal. They they're, they're handicapped. They can talk about here and now how to make a bench, how to install a furnace. They can do all that, but they can't tell you about God. They can't. But see, God has a training program that if you just listen, if you just abide in him, in Christ, you'll be reoriented and ready to dwell in heaven. Now, see, you're going to have to know something about heaven to get people ready for heaven. And Jesus, he came from above. See, he came from heaven. He came down here. He died for us in order that he might bring us up there. So now he has the best training program. It effectively enables all who walk in the spirit to overcome every area of life. There isn't one area of life that you will not overcome if you just stay in Christ. If you just abide in him, the Holy Spirit will will teach you. He is a teacher, teaching Holy Spirit. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. No one has an excuse. No one can say, well, I haven't heard. No, you're under the banner of all men. And the Holy Spirit has appeared to all men, teaching, teaching us. Some people don't want to be taught by the Holy Spirit. They kick against him. They say, no, you don't understand. I love to do this, whatever it is. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I won't go there. I won't do that. Well, what do you do? Submit, submit to the teacher. I mean, what, what if you signed up for an automotive class and the teacher, you just didn't like his, I don't like his attitude. And so you just said, I'm not going to listen to him. Well, you'd go through the whole course and you wouldn't be able to change an engine. You wouldn't be able to because you kicked against the teacher. The Holy Spirit, by grace, God's given us a teacher. He's a good teacher, too. See, he knows what he's talking about. Now, there's different teachers. Some are theoretical teachers. They'll teach you about things that are theoretical like this could be, especially when they start talking about outer space. It's all theoretical. They've never been out there. They don't know anything about that. They just saw it through a little tube and they said, oh, we have all these theories. That's not our teachers not teaching theories. He's teaching reality. It's real. God's real. And he really is in heaven. And his son really is at the right hand. And he really is administrating the kingdom. And you have faith because he gave it to you. He sent the Holy Spirit into your hearts because he wanted you to learn Listen to the teacher. What does it? What does he teach us? Teach us how to? No, he teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. You say, whoa, that's a that's hard to do. What well, is hard to do outside of Christ? But in Christ, you'll find it is not only doable, it's enjoyable. Amen. You, can, you can love denying ungodliness. Amen. Now, um, sound doctrine is made up of compounded words. So you're going to have to put your thinking cap on when the Holy Spirit starts teaching you. When grace starts teaching you, 
You're going to have to stay. Wait a minute. I can't think shallow thoughts anymore because these words are big. They have they have they have meaning. And if you don't listen to them, you won't be saved. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but you know what? Holy Spirit, he's, he's interested in making you ready for heaven. He's not interested in making you happy down here. These words that the Holy Spirit teaches, they're, 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 see, they're multifaceted. They're more like a jewel than a rock you find out in the driveway. You find a rock and it's, oh, kind of looks the same all the way around. But not this. See, these words are like a jewel. Faith enables a believer to grow in the fullness of the faith. The fullness. Not, it, Greece will never say, well, that's enough. All right, you've had enough now. You can... No, when you die and you go to be with the Lord, then that will be, you'll be in your fullness. Whatever capacity God had for you, it will be fulfilled. The Holy Spirit's faithful. Grace is faithful to teach you. Every word from God is employed through the same grace to instruct and teach the believer. Faith has the ability to make us abound and believe. And believe... And abound. Amen. So see, this, these things are working together. Every word of God is able to supply whatever need you have. It's, it will supply it. Instruction. You, you want an answer? Just submit to God in faith. He'll give you the answer. Matthew thirteen fifty two says, Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed in the kingdom of heaven. Now this is including us now. Mm-hmm. Every scribe. Have you taken it serious? Have you really said, I'm going to be a, a learner. Because he's a teacher. Every scribe is likened to a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure bag things new and old. So see, you come into the kingdom, and he gave you a whole bunch of things, and, and they were so precious. But see, they were just beginning. I mean, okay, when God taking away your sins, you say, well, that can't be just the beginning. That's a whole thing. But see, your understanding of it was small. It was a lot bigger than what you saw when you first came in. But it was still substantial. It was real. It was a real thing. It just needed to be expounded on. There are true and substantive things that Christ has ministered or planted in the believer. See, that's what Christ says. He plants things. And then they start to grow. As you give heed to them, as you live by them, as you change your focus, and you focus more on them and less on other things, they'll grow. And as they grow, you'll see, this is a lot bigger than I thought. This is a lot more satisfying than it was at the beginning. They're substantive, see? They're of faith. That's what substantive is. See, heaven's real. This is real too, but it's going to perish. So where's the real substance? It's there. And as they believe, as they give themselves to it, and as they understand it, see, you say, well, I believe every word in the Bible. Well, do you understand what you've read? Do you really understand it? See, the Holy Spirit wants you to understand it. Because when you understand it, you're much more likely to give yourself to it. 
and submit, right? There, he demands that you submit to every word of God. They're inserting themselves or, or inserting into this treasure bag. So you understood something, God's given you something, and you've used it, you've employed it, and it goes into your bag. In other words, it's available to you to use at whatever moment you understand it. Now, I've heard people call this bag many things. Uh, I like to think of it as your heart. He sows it into your heart. In other words, your desire, the seed of what you really want. You got some old things. Now, when he ministers something new, it isn't like different. It's, it's, it, it's more, it, it explains a lot more. So you, when you pull out the old and you compare it with the new thing, it fits right together. It complements it. There's nothing, no teaching that the Holy Spirit gives, no teaching that grace employs that is absolutely different from the other. It's of the same kingdom. It's of the same gem. Now, when you turn the gem and you see the different facets, that's like truth. They're big truths. You can't really understand them all at once. He gives you a facet of it. And as you're faithful to, to modify your life to what you've seen, he'll give you more. And you're out of your treasure. But you see, we're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as far as spiritually goes. Where some of us are getting bigger and bigger anyway. But the thing is, is that, see, this is part of life. It teaches you something. Okay? It teaches something. If you, we know... We're not, you know, if you eat a whole bunch of stuff, you're going to end up getting bigger, right? Well, in Christ, it's the same concept. If you, if you give yourself to the Lord and you feast on the, the fat things of the Lord, your spirit will get big. It'll be strong. Yeah. See, if you starve yourself to death, so, some people say, well, I don't want to be this large. So they starve themselves. It's not healthy, but they do it anyway because they want to look pretty. Well, see, it really doesn't make any difference in the spirit. You want to be big, fat in the Lord. You want to partake of the fat things. See, when trouble comes, if you're weak and insepid, you won't be able to stand. That's the point. So, and I can remember years ago, my grandfather, he was not really large, but he got sick and he got really, really skinny. And I, 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 I thought, see... This is what a, this is like a parable. There's a lot of skinny Christians out there. They're just barely getting by. When their trouble comes, they can't stand. They need to be built up on their most holy faith. Now, we can observe the, the effects of a full faith. What does a full faith look like? The Holy Spirit's given us an example. Look at Stephen. Acts 6, 5, it says, And, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen... Remember, they, were, they didn't want to serve tables. They wanted to give themselves to the work of God, so they appointed some, right, to, to serve the tables. And they chose Stephen. What was the requirements of serving tables? A man full of faith. Full of faith. Full of faith. All, that's all he was about. That's what that means. He wasn't interested in anything else anymore. Now, he was serving the tables for the Lord, Full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a dynamic duo there. But faith and the Holy Ghost, and you can get something done for God. 
And Stephen, full of faith and power. And power. And power. Now see, I, I, he, could, he could get it done. The Holy Spirit was working in him, leading him, guiding him. And so what did he do? Well, what did he do? He says, why well, serve tables? And he did great wonders and miracles among the people. You say, well, well, we don't do that anymore. Maybe it's because you're not full of the Holy Spirit. You're not full of faith and you don't have any power. Maybe that's why. Stephen did it. Well, the Lord did it through Stephen. But look, he did it through his faith. He did it through, through the fullness of his understanding and the power. He knew God could do it. So anyway, Stephen didn't have just a little bit of faith is the point. He was full. You couldn't, no more could fit in him. He was full of faith. We would say he had a complete faith. He, he, he had so much faith. When they were stoning him, he looked up and he says, I can see the Lord standing. Is the Lord standing? We talk about him being s- seated at the right hand. He stood up for Stephen. Amen. That's how much he thinks about people that are full of faith. People that have that trust in him with all their heart. Stephen didn't have just a little bit of faith. He had the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he could do what God sent him to do. He didn't like, I'll try. I'm all done with trying. Did God doesn't ask us to try, he asks us to do. Do what? Believe. You start off with that. Just believe. Believe what he said. Because when you believe what he says, he'll give you a lot more things to do. In Stephen's example, we can witness what a full or complete faith will supply. See, it isn't like it isn't like he did that every single day. It says when it was supplied, he did it. He didn't draw back from it and say, well, I don't know if that's possible. I'm not an apostle. Stephen said, well, I'm not an apostle. I can't really do that. Let me call an apostle. Stephen just did it. Why? Because he was full of faith. He trusted God. He knew what God was doing. Because it is faith that enables us to believe, and that faith, that faith, the same one that enabled you to believe, has got to grow. If you're going to believe, if you're going to believe the whole counsel of God, if it doesn't grow, if faith doesn't grow, it won't produce the desired effects. And I say that, that sounds a little empty. In other words, God's purpose and will won't be accomplished in you. If you don't grow up into Christ, you'll be you'll be an abnormality in the kingdom of God. See, it's abnormal not to grow in Christ. It's abnormal. This is not I know in our day is common, but that's because we're in a fallen day. It's not it's not normal to not grow up into Christ in the kingdom of God. That's the norm. That's right. Faith. And how about faith and charity? See, in other words, faith produces or provokes a person to be charitable. We talked about this sometime last time. But now when Timotheus came from you and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, what what was he telling Paul? What was that telling Paul? They're keeping the faith. See, in other words, their faith had produced a fruit that the Holy Spirit, he knew, Paul knew, the Holy Spirit's working there. They're charitable one to another. We can see that the faith of the Thessalonians had produced in them a good supply of charity. They, and later you find out even more when they gave, they gave a, a donation that was more, right? 
It, it was a great donation for them. They were poor, but they, they did it anyway. How did they do that? By faith. That's how they did that. Remember the needy saints in Jerusalem? They helped them, even when they didn't have a lot themselves. Tells you that God will give you something if you've got faith in order for you to share. Compounded thoughts. How about this? Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. See, it's together. They're bonded together. You can't have the one without the other. How about comfort yourselves together and edify one another? Comfort and edification, they go together. I know me. When I've been edified, I'm comforted. In other words, I know I can can endure the battle now. I know it. I'm comforted. I know I got to go out there and face the world, but I'm comforted. I know God's with me. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of comfort when you know God's with you. You know, you can be put into a lot of different circumstances where it will try its best to take away your comfort to where you think, well, I'm alone. You're not alone. Faith's not alone. If you got faith, you got all these other things that come with it. Comfort yourselves together and edify one another. I know that when I've been edified, I've been the most comforted. And the grace of the Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. So see, that's the environment where all these things, these are, they, they proliferate in this environment. But of course, there is another environment that attempts to try to steal these things from you. Faith, through the grace of God, produces love, charity, comfort, edification, but the saints of God are called upon to do the believing. You have to be involved in this. It's not something that just falls down from heaven and everybody gets it and they're just like, Overjoyed, you've got to you've got to press in, and in that, in the believing of it, it's yours. It belongs to you now. In other words, you can do something with it. Faith. How about this one? Faith and verity. Verity. There's a word that's dropped in our modern language today. Was the last time you heard somebody talk about verity? He's talking about truth. But truth has fallen in the street. So it's no wonder we haven't heard a lot about that. This is what Paul said. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity, or in faith and truth. What I teach actually will build your faith. That's what Paul's saying. What I'm saying is the truth. Well, there was a lot of people that come along, they were lying. Paul says, what I speak, what I speak in, what I'm speaking to, it's true. You can believe it. In other words, you can hang the weight of your soul on it. Because right. this is real. To anything that ends up, that we teach anyway, that ends up not being true in the ultimate sense, it's going to take something from you. Now, it may seem innocent, but it's still going to take something from you. Yeah. So we got we got to preach the truth. That's what it says. Preach the truth. Be instant in season, right? Preach Christ. He is the ultimate truth. Verity is a true statement or doctrine. Well, that's something that's fallen in the streets in our time, too. Doctrine. Some people say, well, uh, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything at all. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. You know, faith doesn't come by what you see. It comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
Someone's got to preach the truth. And when it's preached, it will go out and it'll have an effect. It's what it is. There's no such thing. Now, you know, how about these words together? There's no such thing as a false truth. See, that's an oxymoron. That's like saying um, a cold fire or a holy devil. See, there is no such thing as a false truth. Either the thing is false or it's true. You say, well, there's all these shades in between. We want the truth. We don't want the shades of truth. We want the truth. See, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You just want to be half alive? You see, we don't want half truths either. Jesus, in other words, he's saying he's, Paul's focusing on Jesus. That's what he's talking about. There's no such thing as a false truth. The doctrine that Christ gave to Paul, he was then faithful to give to the brethren. Now, that's, that's, that's being true. That's, that's living in verity, doing the right thing. Paul was given something from Christ, and he didn't keep it to himself. Right. Even if it was hard for them to hear, he said it anyway. He said the truth. Why? Because that would ground them. The truth would ground them to Christ. The grace that God supplies will never teach. Now, this is important. The grace that God supplies will never teach or lead a believer to teach a false doctrine. It just didn't come from the Holy Spirit. Anything false doesn't make any, it didn't come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't teach false doctrine. It teaches grace teaches you about Christ, about God. And they are truth. Faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now that's quite a combination. Faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Hmm. And Paul's letters to Timothy instructing him in the manner of the kingdom. There's a manner to the kingdom. There's the way it works. Amen. And see, as you give yourself to the Lord, see, you, you grow. You don't just grow in one thing. The growth is it's compounded to everything you know about God. It's, you look back and you say, I didn't understand this thing about God. But when I did, I just didn't understand that. I understood a lot of things about grace, a lot about charity, a lot about faith. What happened? You see, you, you, you've, been, you've grown. You've been growing. Not just one thing. When you pull out the things out of your bag, you'll see they've grown. They've got bigger. You know, I used to under, know about baptism, but now I see it from a different perspective, and it's a lot bigger. So in other words, it's a lot more productive in you. It can do more. If they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now he's talking there about the sisters, but he's talking about somebody, see, who you're, you're in the training mode. We're all in training mode. And see, we've we got to be very careful what we add. Well, see, can you technically add something bad to your faith? Well, yeah, you can add something bad to your faith. You can believe something that's not true and then try to see, well, I'm going to be faithful to do that. No, see, but the faith from above isn't like that. Faith from above will always lead you to the right conclusions. Faith from God is right. It's just it will perform what God sent it to do. But see, we have live in a culture that's created a, they say faith, but it's not really the faith of God's elect at all. 
You say, well, if you can believe in God and still go out and do all the things you used to do, that's not faith. Of course, most of them don't even use the word faith anymore. But How about this? Continuance is not a goal. It's a standard. Yeah. See, it's not like if you continue. It don't, it's just you have to continue in order for these things to grow. Yeah. Continue in the faith, being rooted and grounded, right? Continue in charitable attitude towards all the saints. Just continue in it. In other words, you, you, you see the need for it. You do it. Don't stop doing it. Just continue in it. You're going to need a lot of grace for this, but this is this is what God's called us to do. Continue in charitable attitudes toward the same. How about that? My attitude towards you. People say, well, it doesn't make any difference what my attitude is. It doesn't? How about if I said it makes a difference between God's attitude towards you? You would say, well, I want God to have a good attitude towards me. Well, I want, I want to have a good attitude. In other words, I come into the room, I don't want to say, well, it's so-and-so. And remember things from way back. Let's have a good attitude. Now, I know that's not a Bible word, but it's a Bible concept. The way you think, in other words. How about continuing holiness without which no man shall see the Lord? And holiness, with everything we do, evaluate it, put it through the filter of holiness. Would God receive this? Whatever it is, continue in it. Continue with sobriety in your heart. In other words, be sober-minded when you think about God. All right, we don't play games. You say, well, yeah, I, when it comes to God, when you're standing in His presence, the last thing you think about is playing a game. All right, it's just the truth. So, see, in other words, this, what, what, what he's saying here is that your whole person is involved in serving God. Everything about you is, has been delegated to serve God. Amen. Faith will lead you to do that. Amen. Grace will teach you how to do it. And see, the Holy Spirit will give you to understand why you should do it. All of these are possible as we abide in the doctrine of Christ. See, it's all explained to us in the doctrine. But it's a living out of it that um, we're going to need the Holy Spirit. We're going to need a lot of grace. But it's possible. Not only possible, it's, it's um, probable. If you continue in the faith, the, you have a greater probability of, of pleasing God than it is if you just say, well, you know, I'll just watch. I'll, I'll just stay home and watch the video. Now, we live in a generation that this, we don't read that in the Bible, where anybody stayed home and watched the video. This is a modern problem, isn't it? I just, I can get it at home. I don't need to gather together with the saints. This is a modern problem, but this is a problem. Because, you know, if I'm sick and I can't get here, well, I'll take you, I'll make use of the live stream. If I live someplace else, I'll make use of the live stream. It's a very productive thing. Very profitable thing we found. But see, this is this is not gathering together and meeting together in person. Anyway, wherever you're at, whoever you are, get together with some other saints and talk about talk about God, talk about Christ. Speak about the things God's done and you testify one to another. Build each other up in your most holy faith. This is needful. Now, like I said, if I'm out on an island and I've been put out there for the right reason, 
God will make a provision, right? That's not, it's not a problem for God. But I'm just um, exhorting each one of us to think about that. Now, salvation will only be realized in those who endure unto the end. And I'm going to bring this to a close, but... See, there's, there's a lot of things that are involved in us continuing unto the end. But see, the same faith that brought us into the kingdom is the same faith that will keep us unto the end. Amen. Well, see, even though we, we don't have it all, as you grow and, and as, as you submit to Christ and you're nurtured up and you get bigger, as it were, in your faith, you'll be able to do more. You'll be able to, he'll, he'll trust you with things. So faith is a work of God, and it has something to say. Faith is a speaking faith. You know, I, I can remember being tempted as a young Christian to not speak about it, because you don't want to offend people. You know, that's what your, your, your old man says. You don't want to offend people. Just talk about the Lord. Faith is a speaking faith. Amen. It'll tell people. It, it will testify. And actually, you don't have to provoke this. This isn't something you have to make happen. It's just that you walk with the Lord, and when the situation's right, you'll just find yourself talking about God, talking about what he's done for you. And that will have an impact on every single person that hears it. They'll have to do something with that. Faith, see, it's, 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 it's complicated. At the same time, it's, a, it's very simple. Walk with the Lord and sin not. Just do that. Now, see, you'll spend your whole lifetime getting there. <laughs> see, this is something that must be done. Living by faith isn't an idea. It's something you do. And um, it's something that God requires you to do, but he gives you the grace to do it, the power. He gives you a comforter on the inside so that you, you're never alone. You're always with the Lord. You can Sometimes you can edify yourself, build yourself up. If you're in an environment that you got to be in that's not good, you can build yourself up. And actually, you find yourself judging things, looking around saying, that's not right. That's not right. You say, well, are you just being critical? No, see, when you get close to the Lord, you start thinking like the Lord. It's just the way it is. That's what it says about talking out loud. This has kind of gone away in, in our time. A lot of people, when they get baptized, they're not even asked. They're not even to say anything. You want to get baptized? No problem. Hereby know you every spirit of God, every spirit that confesses, every spirit that confesses, that's with your mouth, that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh, is of God. It's called the good confession for a reason. Faith will provoke you to want to say that. It isn't like, I got to say that when I go up there. I don't think I'm going to. No, faith will say, you, faith will testify of what God's done in you. If anyone draws back from publicly confessing Christ, they have not seen him as he is. And they need, they, they need to be instructed more perfectly in the ways uh, of truth because this is not acceptable with God. So I love the Lord with all my heart. I just never talk about him. See, that's not true. That's not true. It's an oxymoron, too. It's not true. You can't love God with all your heart and not talking about him. Amen. See, I love my wife, and I'd be the first one to tell people the good qualities that she has. Why? Because I love her. And I, if you love the Lord, 
and you see someone, see, you can see them different than other people. When you see somebody that's not in the Lord, you see their need. And see, as you see their need, you, you can minister grace to them. And who knows, who knows how many people you have already helped because you just told them what God's done in you. This is faith, the nourishing words of faith. When you show someone by your words what God's done for you, it will, it can have an effect in them. Thank you, brethren, for your patience.